Hello everybody, Ben Maldis here, the Raptors Digest, breaking down some sort of news, more so talk around the Toronto Raptors and all, kind of the NBA community about possibly Giannis Antetokounmpo coming to the Toronto Raptors in 2021, and this is a topic that's been discussed on a consistent basis over, I'd say, the past year, especially when Giannis has asserted himself as one of the top players in the NBA, about possibly coming to this team during this offseason when his contract is expired. And, you know, I'm not going to talk about the reasons why, we've made a video on why it's possible over the summer, so you can definitely check that out. But more so in this video, I'm going to take a look at what the Raptors would have to do and what would actually have to happen around the league and specifically with the Milwaukee Bucks if this, you know, to make this actually happen. So firstly, we're going to break into the report that kind of got all the talking, all the speculation going. And John Hollinger of The Athletic, he came out and said that the Toronto Raptors are chief destination point for Giannis Antetokounmpo if he were to choose to leave in 2021. This is something a lot of people have talked about. Hollinger, as I mentioned, with The Athletic, he used to be a former vice president of basketball operations for the Memphis Grizzlies, so he's a pretty well-respected guy amongst the league and his opinions are out there. And this is coming off the back of a report that Giannis apparently came out and said that he wants the Bucks to have a winning culture. So far, everything's been great and he hopes it lasts, but if it doesn't and the Bucks are underperforming the NBA, this season deciding whether to sign that big supermax contract is going to be a lot more difficult and you know this has been refuted by Giannis saying he didn't use those words directly and that completely makes sense for him to refute that and completely makes sense for him to hold this opinion but it makes sense he'll refute it as he doesn't want anything getting in between his teammates and the belief that he's not all in on the Bucks this season because I don't think that's Giannis's personality I think he's going out and going 100% for the Milwaukee Bucks but with that in mind I'm going to lean towards more what was reported about what Giannis said rather than him trying to not get anything in between him and his teammates. Because if the Bucks are struggling, it doesn't make sense for him to stay in Milwaukee. I'm not saying that they are, and this is what we're going to talk about in the video, but being a smaller market, I know Giannis has come out and said that he likes the smaller market atmosphere, but if they're struggling as a smaller market, I think he's going to look at that as a factor as to why they're struggling. And... Giannis wants to win. He he want he's had a taste now. He almost got to the NBA Finals last season. He was up 2-0 in the Eastern Conference Finals, and I think he really wants to taste that success. And if the Bucks are struggling, he's going to want to get that culture. So we're, we're going to dive into what has to happen, and the reason I kind of do dove into these reports, because I think the biggest factor of Giannis possibly coming to the Toronto Raptors in 2021 is the Milwaukee Bucks themselves. The Milwaukee Bucks have to struggle, especially this season in particular, because this season Giannis can sign that super max contract extension, which is going to pay him a ridiculous amount of money. It could actually, it would actually be the biggest contract in NBA history. It'd be a five-year, two hundred and forty-seven million dollar contract, and that's that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money to be on the table. So if the Bucks have success this season, he's probably going to stay. I, I don't want to damper the mood, especially amongst Raptors fans, but if the Milwaukee Bucks end up making the NBA Finals in particular this season, and maybe even the Conference Finals, it's tough for me to see Giannis leaving, leaving that situation with that amount of money on the table and that successful of a team. So that's the reality. I think if the Toronto Raptors want to get Giannis Antetokounmpo, we have to see them flame out in the playoffs. We have to see them struggle to have success, struggle to dominate teams, and you know, flame out, flame out in the same way that the Toronto Raptors did to them in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. We have to see some heartbreaking stuff in the same vein that the Sixers lost to us in the second round. We we need something like that to happen to the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, will it happen? That's to be seen. We've seen the Bucks struggle at the start of the season, relative, relatively struggle. They've lost the Celtics now. 
They've lost two games in total, and they have a game against us this weekend. I believe they're 2-2 two and two right now. So it would be nice to see them get under 500 to, to start the season. But as Raptors fans, we have to root against the Milwaukee Bucks. We, you know, they're a likable team. They have Giannis, of course. They have Eric Bledsoe, who's pretty fiery. I've always liked this game, even though he struggles in the playoffs. Uh, Chris Milton can knock down some threes. The Lopez twins, they're there. They're always having fun. But... We have to root against them. If the if the Toronto Raptors want a chance at Giannis Antetokounmpo, they really have to struggle this season before he can sign that massive contract extension. So hopefully we get this big W this weekend. Hopefully they underperform. And obviously this summer they picked up Leslie Matthews, but they lost Malcolm Brogdon, and that's a huge loss for that team. So we'll see if that impacts how they play this season because... You know, we've seen the inconsistencies of Milton and uh, Eric Bledsoe at times. We don't know how Brooke Lopez, if Tall Clay is going to come back this season. So there's a possibility that the Bucks regress somewhat this season, especially with the 76ers starting to amp things up this year, even though they lost Jimmy Butler and J.J. Redick as well. But they brought in Al Horford, and they have this new young rookie, Matisse Thibel, who we actually made a video on Courtside Connect, so definitely check that out if you want to get some in-depth takes on the Philadelphia 76ers this season but regardless we need the top of the east to be able to handle the Milwaukee Bucks in the regular season and in the postseason so the Raptors the Celtics the Sixers no matter how much you want to root against the Sixers and the Celtics in particular I'm rooting for them for purely Raptor purposes I want them ahead of the Milwaukee Bucks and that's just how it's going to be but not all things are going to go down to the the Milwaukee Bucks success the Toronto Raptors have to position themselves to be able to get Giannis and yes we're looked at as a major suitor and the reasons we list out all the reasons why it's possible everyone listening to this podcast has probably heard all the reasons why it's possible but the, the the logistics the logistics need to be sorted out in order for it to actually happen and one of the things that we have to look at, and it might be some risks, risk management done by Masai Ujiri, and he's put the Raptors in a solid position to have a lot of money open in 2021. The only people that are under contract that season is Norman Powell, assuming he picks up his player option, Spicy P with that new max contract extension, who we want on this roster. He's going to be a huge attractive piece to whatever free agents are open on that market including Giannis, but the rest of the roster, the only other two people we have are Matt Thomas and Duan Hernandez at very cheap deals, and the rest of the team is free. The rest of the team are free agents, they are not extended yet, and that's going to lead to some tough decisions from Masai Ujiri, because the first the first guy I'm going to talk about, Fred Van Vliet. What do we do with Fred Van Vliet? After game one of the season, we were talking about how he might have to get paid a max contract as well, because he, he had put up 34 points, and obviously that's a that's a gross overreaction to, to game one of a regular season, but certainly Fred has stepped up his game, he got a finals MVP vote, and he's going to be looking to get paid. He's had the motto, bet on yourself, and he bet on himself two seasons ago, taking a two-year contract, he's looking like he's going to be the starting two for this Toronto Raptors team this season, and he gets buckets. He gets buckets. He gets assists. We just saw a guy like a guy like Terry Rozier get paid $20 million per year over the course of three seasons. Fred VanVleet is better than Terry Rozier. That's that's my take, at least. I think a lot of people would agree with that statement. And we might have to pay Fred VanVleet a long-term contract, $20, $22, 23000000 dollars per year. And I don't think that big money is out of the realm of possibility for Fred VanVleet. And yes, he signed a shorter-term deal last go-around, but he's in a position to make the big bucks this offseason, especially where there's no free agents out on the market this offseason. So whether it's coming from the Raptors or some other team... 
Fred's going to get paid this offseason, and if we're looking to maintain that cap flexibility for 2021, we might get outbid. We might get outbid by a team that's looking for a point guard that, you know, a lot of every NBA team, it seems like now, has a true starting point guard, but maybe a team like the Knicks or something is looking for a steady guy that can knock down threes and really change the culture of a locker room because Fred is a great leader and he has that championship experience. And I brought up a name like Terry Rozier, but even players like Jalen Brown and Jamal Murray, I know they have kind of higher reputations around the league, but Fred is a champion and has comparable stats to some of those guys, and I think they're only going to get better this season where he is a starter, and he's going to up his value. So Fred's an interesting piece to look at if we want to keep him on the books, and another decision we're going to have to make, my favorite young player on the Raptors, just in terms of funness, if that's a word, (laughs) but OG Ananobi He's, I've been high on him since he was a rookie, and his defense, his offense, everything looks a lot more comfortable, a lot more impactful this season, and I believe he's only going to be getting better as years go on. His rookie contract comes to an end in 2021, and I'd be very surprised if the Toronto Raptors let him walk, considering he's the perfect prototypical Masai Ujiri prospect. Long, plays D, thick, can guard, shoot threes and finish around the rim, and he has all the intangibles to become a very top-notch player throughout this league, and his value is going to be pretty unpredictable, at least right now, because when you look at people like me who are very high on OG, I'd rather have OG on my roster in terms of just players, not contracts right now, but in terms of just playing style and ability, I think promise in terms of potential, I'd rather have OG Anobi than Jalen Brown, and I've been called out for that as a hot take. But his on-ball defense and his, you know, potential as a shooter and just when he looks comfortable on the court, he looks like a guy that can be a dominant role player, an Andre Iguodala type player at his peak. And I I see more potential in him than a guy like Jalen Brown. And Brown just got a max contract. We might have to dish out that sort of money for OG Anobi as well that season if we're looking to, to maintain this roster. So that's three players right there that could be getting paid high figures on this team already. OG, Siakam, and Fred Van Vliet. And then we have our other guy, Sergi Baca. He's had a career revitalization right now the the past season or so, and his contract's going to be expiring at the end of this year. And assuming he continues the production he's shown in the first couple games of this season, he's going to look for a solid long-term contract with the Toronto Raptors, I believe. He's going to stay on this team. He's an older guy. Older players like to secure that long-term money, especially after they have a big season. We've seen a guy like Al Horford demand a contract like that, and he's only, he was only averaging, I think, 9 or 10 points last season. Now, he's a anti-box score type player. His value is more derived through his actual impact on the game's defense, his leadership, rather than just the box score numbers. But in the same vein, Sergi Baca, I think, is going to be looking for a payday as well. That's another guy we're going to have to look at in terms of contract, you know, what we're going to pay him. Kyle Lowry, his deal will be expired in 2021. I don't expect him getting a big, massive deal, and I think that's why Kyle Lowry signed the one-year $30 million extension, because he gets all that money up front, and then if he wants to stay with the Raptors, he can stay on the team with reduced cap impact, because I think Fred Van Vliet, right now, we'll we'll see what the Raptors decide on doing in terms of paying him, but is going to be the starting point guard specifically after the 2021 season, maybe even after this season, then Kyle Lowry can remain with the roster as a more leadership veteran presence that isn't necessarily the guy that's going to dominate. But who really knows? Because he started off this season very hot. We'll see if that maintains. He started off last season pretty hot, had some ups and downs. But I'd be surprised if he ends up playing on the minimum if he remains with the Toronto Raptors. So that's four or five players the Raptors really have to manage the cap effectively if we're going to get Giannis in that season. 
because we're going to have to pay him a max as well. And paying Siakam, OG Anobi Fred near the max, Sergi Baca looking for a big contract, Lowry probably not coming back on the minimum. That's a lot of money to be shelled out, and in order to sign an unrestricted free agent, not over the cap, we will have to have that space open, and that might mean not paying one of these guys that we could have on this roster for sure. We might have to give up one of those guaranteed young prospects or guaranteed Sergi Baca's production for the chance at getting Giannis, and that's a big risk for Masai Ujiri, especially where the Raptors have developed this chemistry. There's a potential that Siakam could turn into the superstar that could lead us through the Eastern Conference if he's paired with young guys like the likes of Fred VanVleet OG who step up and the fact that Giannis has been outspoken that he doesn't really want to leave he doesn't want to talk about his free agency like most free agents do but it's nothing like the Anthony Davis situation where everyone knew his destinations even before he came out and even said it just by signing by Rich Paul so the Lakers knew they didn't have to invest heavily on their young team to acquire that sort of talent. The Raptors aren't really for sure if this is Giannis's intentions, and it's probably unpredictable, especially where the Milwaukee Bucks are a good team. So if the Raptors are going to get Giannis in 2021, we have to make some tough decisions, and I think Masai Ujiri is going to be creative, so there's going to be that flexibility to retain the players we have if Giannis chooses not to come, but if he wants to come, I'm sure Masai Ujiri will find a way, and we'll see all the cap things that he does. I think every decision that's going to be made for the Toronto Raptors in the next two seasons, it's, it's going to be heavily influenced around that 2021 offseason. So we'll see every, we'll analyze and break down every move that occurs, especially in that framework. And finally, the last reason that the, the ra- last thing the Raptors have to do to get Giannis is have a winning culture. I think if the Toronto Raptors end up tanking or not making the playoffs or losing that kind of jazz that we've had this past few seasons, even before Kawhi got there, I don't think Giannis comes. I don't think he comes to a losing organization or loses leaves the Bucks for a losing organization. We can't tank. We can't blow up this roster and suck. We could blow up the roster, but as long as we're still good, we're still going to be in the Giannis race, assuming he wants to leave the Milwaukee Bucks in 2021. But that's just my take. Let me know what you guys think. What other things have to be done for the Toronto Raptors to acquire Giannis in that offseason? I know it's a lot of speculation, and some people don't really like talking about this sort of stuff a couple years. There is a couple years down the line, but I think it's fun. I think it's a good listen. I think it's fun to talk about. I love hearing what you guys think about the Toronto Raptors possibly signing him next year. And who would be the number one option, Siakam or Giannis, in 2021, particularly with both their career trajectories because the way the way Siakam's improving every season it's looking like he's going to be Curry with a 40 inch vertical in uh by 2021 but we'll see it's gonna be fun to watch and before I end it off just imagine a lineup if in a perfect world with Fred VanVleet, OG Ananobi, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Pascal Siakam, and Serge Ibaka that that lineup on the court in 2021 that could be the most dominant team of all time just that defensive ability, that defensive prowess, the the shooting that would be on that court with Fred, OG, Siakam, especially where they'll all be improved. Even Giannis has improved as a three-point shooter surge. In my opinion, especially if we get a solid bench around it, that would top that, uh, that championship team we had last year. Anyways, before I get overexcited on this podcast, this is all speculation, and you're the best for making this far. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all that cool stuff. I'm signing out. Cheers.